Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable with me, Sean Phelan, brought to you by Philly Boots and Rugby Store, who are offering listeners of this podcast 10% off anything on their website, including the new England shirts and training wear. I've bought some of the new Umbro England training gear and I love it. I think they've done a really good job, so grab some today. Visit rugbystore.co.uk and enter the promo code FYBPOD. That's rugbystore.co.uk and the promo code FYBPOD. I thank them for supporting our show. In this show, I chat to Ethan Waddleton and Ben Lonergan from the England Rugby Sevens setup about their quest to raise the funds needed to make it to the next year's Tokyo Olympics after the Sevens programme was cut by the RFU. So let's get on with the show. Hi everyone, uh, welcome to this week's uh, Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable. Uh, my name's Sean Phelan, welcome. Uh, we've done these for the last 14 weeks, uh, but now we're, we're going to talk bit, bits, a bit of Sevens. Um, you've probably seen it around the news and uh, various sort of media sites at the moment that, um, well, I'll let the guys explain in a, in a second, but uh, they need some help getting to Tokyo next year. Uh, and we're going to have a chat about sort of what's happened in the last few months uh, and what needs to happen to, to get there. So, um, so first, I want to introduce uh, Ethan Woodleton from the uh, England Sevens and uh, Ben uh, Lonergan who is a strength and conditioning coach with the England uh, Sevens Ladies. How are you, gentlemen? Good, Good thank you. Cheers. Thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, giving up your time this, uh, this evening. Ben, right. um, I'll start with you. Um, so what has happened in the last couple of months um, that has led to sort of this need uh, and want from, from you guys to get to the Olympics? Yeah, so obviously... With the current COVID climate, sort of, uh, you know, many organisations are, are struggling financially. Unfortunately, the RFU hasn't been exempt for that and have had to make certain changes in order for them to, you know, to, to, to stay almost afloat as an organisation. Um, so, sort of, one of their business, um, one of their business ideas they had was to sort of cut the sevens program. Um, in order to save some investment. Now, it's been obviously a very difficult time for staff and players um, with that, with obviously the current climate and there not being a huge amount of options sort of available, again, for staff and players. So, yeah, it's been, been a bit of a challenging time. And obviously with, with the players more so, the fact that Tokyo obviously has now been postponed a year and some of these individuals obviously, well, I say still, some of them, all of these individuals, uh, as far as I'm aware, have aspirations to still, you know, go and fulfil their dream of competing at Tokyo. So um, that's the situation we're in at the moment. There's currently no sort of full-time seven program. Uh, players are still training in their own time, off their own backs, with whatever resources they can they can muster. Um, but yeah, we're looking for to try and seek some private and external investment in order to get a sort of full-time functioning sevens program back up and running to ensure that the players have the best opportunity to go and compete at Tokyo. You'll probably see on some of the social media outlets that 
teams like South Africa, teams like France, they've all started back training now. Now, in order for these guys to compete and and like they certainly the men's program have medaled at every major um, competition, Commonwealth, World Cup, Olympics, and I know the women came uh, fourth in in Rio. So you know, medal hopes available. So to compete against these teams, you know, they, they need to be up and training uh, as soon as possible. And Ethan, how did you find out that uh, the program had been cut and you sort of, I don't know, I guess been made redundant? Um, it, well, it came on sort of a Zoom call. Like, uh, I think the staff and the players had a different, different one, but all the players from the men's and the women's were, uh, were called together on, I think it was a Monday or whenever, I don't know the date exactly. Um, but yeah, we got the um, the dreaded call, basically saying there was no not going to be any sevens. If there was tournaments, it was going to be sort of a pay as you play sort of thing. But yeah, we 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 had some Zoom calls, sort of during lockdown that what was leading towards it, but not really. And it was sort of a bit of a everyone was chatting about it. Is it going to happen? They can't do this. They can't do that. But yeah, we got. We just got a Zoom call and basically told that sevens wouldn't be full time. It would be sort of a, like I said, a week before the tournaments, you'd come along, train, fly out for the tournaments, and then that would be it. So, so how have the last couple of months been for you? It's been tough. It's been it's been really tough, especially well for everyone. Like Lana said, with the climate, uh, sorry, the climate at the moment. Um, getting a job in everyday life's hard enough, but especially as a rugby player, um, uh, with the Prem, they sort of cut their squads and their funding as well. That because of the, what's going on, and it's been hard to try and get a gig and stay afloat and be able to do what we do, which is is train. Because a lot of people have had to pick up jobs, and I'm sort of out there looking, and I know everyone else has had to get jobs in the meantime time to, to keep afloat. So it's tough to to find time to train, to stay as a collective, which we've been doing quite well, to be fair. There's been a couple of groups of us that have got together and actually had a couple of days training together, which has been been really good. But it's, it's weird going from that full-time environment to every day seeing these people really pushing yourself, uh, well, mentally and physically, because that's what you do in sevens. It's a hard sport. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been tough. Going from seeing your mates every day, uh, seeing you, seeing yeah, seeing your mates every day to not really seeing anyone, do it on your own. Because like Lana said, we're all still wanting to do this Olympic dream. Um, so it's it's tough keeping that afloat and keeping that motivation. But hopefully, like us doing this stuff now to to get our name out there and really push for some some funding and some help in any any way can really. Yeah, can really help and get us back to, like Lauren said, training as soon as possible. I think with that as well, Sean. I think the hard, the hardest thing is, and uh, I don't know if you've listened to Johnny Wilkinson's recent podcast, but that was fascinating about yeah. how he tries to live in sort of the moment and how he's changed his whole sort of viewpoint around that. But I think the hardest thing for, for staff and players is that you almost a lot, a lot of individuals feel a bit lost. So you gain that sense of purpose. And, and again, rightly or wrongly, but you have that sense of purpose through what you do, whether it be myself working with these amazing, talented individuals and athletes, or as an athlete in terms of they, they have an end point which they were working towards, which is 
Tokyo. I mean, a lot of the players, it would it would have been their final tournament before potentially going into retirement. And then suddenly, obviously, with the difficulty of COVID and then being told that there's going to be no programme, you almost lose that sense of purpose. And so then how, how do you keep, keep that sort of continual motivation, find, find where you fit in um, and, and keep it going from there? So. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, before we sort of ask some more questions, um, we've I've just put the link to uh, the Pledge Sport uh, page into the chat. So if anyone watching this or listening to this, and you know, I'll, uh, I'll I'll make sure it's on everywhere on the podcast and stuff like that. But um, you know, then there is a a goal that you need to raise. Uh, how much is that goal, and and you know, how have you done so far? I guess. You want me to answer that? You go, you go for that, Alon, as you know, there's more than me. So, so I think the, the final budget, well, as, as a programme, I think our programme cost in total was around sort of two and a half million. Um, now, you, you know, a lot a lot of that we're trying to sort of accumulate through sort of bigger private investment and hedge funds. But I think our initial uh, reasoning of setting up the pledged sports page is to try and get some sort of programme up and running to allow, you know, the, the players to at least be training um, and and you know, have some sort of facility to train in, things like that. Um, it, it's, again, it's slightly different circumstances between the men's and women's programme as well. So the, the women's programme at the money, again, obviously funding's still been an issue because, you know, the financial uh, cap, salary cap of the women's premiership is very low. So it's obviously not enough to fund these women who are training very hard. Um, but they're, they're still managing to get into clubs and at least get some rugby and some training. You know, a higher proportion of the, the boys' programme at the moment. So there's a couple that have been lucky enough to be picked up by a sort of 15 premiership clubs. But a lot of the boys are at a loose end. Like Ethan said, a lot of the teams are cutting players because of funding problems themselves. Um, so, it, it, you know, it's a very difficult time for some of these seven specialists coming out. Um, and, and where does their place sit, you know, within rugby at the moment as it stands? And obviously with, with the government's new announcement that there's going to be no... Um, National League rugby till the new year. Again, like, how do you prep for six months for an Olympic Games, which is one of the biggest sporting occasions in the world? So it's very difficult. Yeah, definitely. And on, on the funding thing, then, um, is, is it just the RFU have pulled out or have Sport England pulled out or whatever grants you get from, from Team GB? Is that all gone as well? Or is it just the money that would have? prepped you for for tokyo rather than tokyo games itself so i i, I don't really know how sort of the, the the gb funding works all i know is that um sort of team gb obviously have have, have a, a you know a, a pot of money that they've spread around around sort of olympic sports um but my, my understanding is that around sort of commercialised sports such as rugby, tennis, I think, and football, um, obviously there's no funding in place for these as there's other organisations. Really. And, and again, it's difficult because it's not England going to the Olympics, it's Team GB. Yeah. Uh, so England needed to, the, the RFU needed to make savings uh, and they saw that they could do that through the Sevens programme. So um, that was their decision based on that. Uh, and, uh, you know, as with every nation at the moment, there are enough financial difficulties. You've obviously seen Wales come out. They said they need to save money through cutting their sevens programme. Um, but obviously with England being the team that is responsible for a GB qualification, 
then that obviously changes things up as well, especially how does it work going into the next Olympic cycle, seeing as, you know, England are the stalwarts to allow Team GB to compete at an Olympic Games. Is that is that how it works? So if England are the, the nation, that if they do well enough, they get the, the they qualify for Team GB. Is that right? Yeah, that's how it was um, last summer. We both women and the men's part uh, qualified that way. So we saw the the team for Scotland, Wales that sort of seeks it through. Okay, so 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 what needs to happen for you to get to to, to Tokyo? What? How much? When? By? Um, when? No. When does sort of a, a, an initial amount need to come in so that you can all be re-employed and start training again, etc.? As soon as possible, really, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, you go, Lonnie. I was just going to say these are all good questions that, like, we probably don't have the answer to. Um, like, for me, thinking of it logically, okay, if you can get the guys starting up in some sort of part-time program till the new year to at least keep them physically active, and then as soon as obviously World Rugby then announced their restart of sevens dates. Uh, they'll have a, a, a set amount of tournaments as preparation for the Olympics. Again, none of this has been announced. We know no dates. Um, but as soon as th those have been announced, obviously you're going to need a certain amount of prep time to minimise injury risk and to making sure that the guys and girls are conditioned enough to go into, into competition. Um, you're looking at, I guess, a six to eight week period to allow that to happen. So, you know, as soon as you get into the new year and, and tournaments well, again, depending what happens nationwide and, and with regards to the pandemic, but um, obviously you can't leave it too long. No, on a playing sort of aspect of that, like when did we go in lockdown? Was it March sort of March. time? We haven't played since March. And like doing skills in groups of three, four, five is is sort of the bare minimum. Like you can get by that, but you, your sharpness goes a little bit like god six months 12 months of not playing rugby it does have an effect on on how you play the game like it would be, i'm sure we'd be able to pick it up again quite quickly but you, you you're off the pace you're not quite there you're not reading pictures as well as you have been so sort of the the sooner the better if i'm thinking with my rugby head like i i haven't i haven't passed the ball with more than two people since this whole thing's happened and like if, say if I did get a call up for the 15s club in the next week or two, I just know that it's going to be a bit of a shock going straight in because <laughs> like, I, have, I, haven't, I haven't done anything for six months and it's all like Jesus. And like Lonna said, that's when injuries occur as well because our bodies are just... Our, we're trying to do the bare minimum to get by at the moment to keep in that shape. But I, we're no way, I'm nowhere near rugby fitness and I'm sure a lot of the boys would agree with me there. So soon like... Uh, the sooner the better is really the answer, but I, I think Lonas is right. In the meantime, sort of a part-time thing would really be a benefit. Like we know, in the current climate, it's it's tough to get get the money in because there's not, there's not a lot of money there in in, in the world. But um, but yeah, sort of get that as soon as possible, really. I think I think just on that as well, Sean. There's a couple of things I just want to add. So firstly, like since starting up, obviously the England Sevens Instagram account and the Pledge Sports page, it's been like, you know, overwhelmingly positive the amount of people who've wanted to support and help the, the, the players. 
um, in terms of even if it's just offering their own services. As we've had many sort of you know physios, nutrition companies all, all offer their services to these guys and girls. So that like the actual support that we've been given through pundits as well, through obviously people like yourself uh, allowing us to voice our opinions has been overwhelming. I think the, the one other positive is that obviously there's this Super Series 10s coming up in Bermuda. So yeah, a few, yeah, I've seen about that, yeah. Yeah, so it's a platform for a few of the guys to at least get some rugby. Unfortunately, Ethan's sort of still in later stages of rehab, so, you know, can't put himself forward for that. But some of the guys that are fit, um, unfortunately, it's only a, a guys' competition at the moment, a male competition. Um, but it's amazing that they get the opportunity to, to play rugby. Um so, yeah, I, th I think those, those two factors have been, you know, positives to come out of sort of a really dark time. So, yeah, second that from Lonnie. I've got one more question, which is based, based on what Lonnie said a minute ago about uh, the World 7 Series. You, you won't be able to answer this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So, the, the England, the RFU pulled the Sevens programme. The World 7 Series starts back up. Are you allowed to play and are you allowed to play as England or do you have to play as some, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Red Roses or... Team GB or something like that, something along that, those lines. Uh, I think uh, Lorna's can help me out here, but I think if it, it starts back up now, it is like England, England rugby, like they'll just sort of pick up who's about really. I don't really, I don't really know fully what it how it would go, but we are still sort of at the moment seeking funding for England, like that that we do want. Like if it goes to Team GB, then happy days. Like either way, we want to get to the Olympics. But at the moment, is we want England sort of to play. I don't know any more about that, Lawrence. If you want to jump in, yeah. Like I don't, I don't know what the RFU plans have finalised. Mm. But I, I know that sort of if the tournament starts up, an England team will go. Again, depending on what that looks like and who's selected, I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, how long before will you meet? I have no idea. But like an England team will go, but just as it currently stands, there's no full-time sevens program available. Um, would it, would it piss you off if you've done you do all this hard work, you raise the money yourselves for for a team DB or whatever, and then the RFU go, um, well, we we want the, we want the branding, we want the everything else, but you've done you guys have done all the hard work in raising the cash. Does that bother you or not? Or is it just a case of let's that, just get there? You take that, Lonas. But I just think it wouldn't it wouldn't piss me off because ultimately, like every organisation is going through tough times, so it, like you can't hold it you can't hold it against the RFU for what they've done. They've had to save money somehow. Unfortunately, we we've, we've been the ones that have you know uh, dealt with the repercussions of that. Now. Obviously, money's been said it's an issue. If we manage to get and raise the money and find the money as a group, like, first of all, the group's been amazing. So there's been like a really core group of men's and women's players who are really driving this, had loads of different conversations. Um, through this time, obviously, the players have learned perhaps some skills that they not may not necessarily would have if this didn't have happened. So obviously, that, that's a positive. But I think if we can get the money somehow and work with the RFU to bring back a sevens programme, like from a personal point of view, like I have no issues with that. And I think it's great that they can still represent the country they were proud of representing, which is England ultimately. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Like these, these guys and girls, from what I've spoke to them about, you know, they have so much passion in representing the Rose and representing England. 
And if we together can generate the funding to help support the RFU and bring this program back, then, you know, amazing. And it's a, you know, you everyone watches these all or nothings and hard knocks TV series. Uh, like if you've watched the Tottenham one recently, yeah. they've built up through COVID. Like what a story to go from like having COVID, having the program cut, generating some funding, working with the RFU to bring it back to then go and represent Team GB to, to, get, to get a medal. Like amazing for these athletes and amazing story and something which... You know, if it was documented, what 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 behind the scenes stuff? It'd be amazing. Get on it. If Netflix are watching this, which I doubt it, then it's a story to be told. So why not? Why not? Especially um, when you've got people like Ethan as well. Right? <laughs> it's on screen, amazing. Maybe the camera, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, quickly before we move on, I've got a contractedly obliged uh, plug for Rugby Store that I need to do. Uh, Rugby Store have uh, once again sponsored this show, and you can get 10% off anything at the store. Just use FYB Pod at the checkout, uh, and that's my contracted bit sorted. <laughs> Lovely. So, Ethan, what have you been up to the last couple of months then? So, I've been very fortunate to train with a big man, Loners, for the last couple, couple months. We've been doing sort of Monday, Wednesday, Friday sessions. But I've also been in, like Lon has said earlier, I've, I'm coming back from an injury. So I had a knee op in February, I think it was. So during lockdown was a bit of a pain. Couldn't really do anything, couldn't run. Just had uppers, which actually was quite fun. But I couldn't really do the, the running and keep myself fit. So I went in for a little bit and had sort of rehab and physio with, some people from the RFU, like, uh, I don't know his name, uh, surname, Barney, but he does the 20s work. And, um, yeah, he's been looking after me for a bit. But alongside that, I've been with the big man Loners and then just trying to find jobs, trying to find delivery jobs sort of thing. Um, but firstly, trying to get a rugby job, <laughs> which is a, is a hard market at the moment. But, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much with me at the moment. And uh, Loners, you? Yeah, so obviously trying the, the actual one saving grace for all of this lockdown is is being around people, and obviously now being able to train some athletes like it brings me a you know huge amount of joy and happiness. So to have a bit of contact with some of the guys, some of the girls has, has been been really helpful for me mentally. Um, yeah. I'm lucky enough to have a few sort of private clients um, that I work work uh, work around them. Well, a friend of mine who owns a, owns a lovely brewery in Asia, Big Smoke Brewery. He's been helping me out with a little bit of work. But, yeah, just trying to keep, you know, for me, that whole industry of SNC is part of the coaching is a skill. And it's like yeah. anything, like after being in lockdown and then going back to my first coaching session, I was like, oh, my God, I feel ropey. Just that, that communication, sort of cues you give. So I think just getting back coaching, uh, I'm lucky enough to have a you know a few really good sort of athletes as private clients, and I get to work with you know some incredible athletes within the sevens program. Um, so for me, I'm really lucky that you know I can still practice my craft, practice my skill, start to. Uh, this this time has also allowed me to think about some different sort of research questions and aspects. Uh, so I come from a university sort of lecturing background as well, so it's allowed me to sort of touch upon some of my sort of academic side of things again, which has been great. But yeah, ultimately, just being around these these guys and girls, and it, the thing with the seventh program is that you you cut you go through sort of a, a few different organisations environments, 
and everyone's like, no, this is really unique, this is really unique. But the sevens is, because of the, the tightness of the group, the men's and women's facing the same place, the size of the group, there's a real big sort of uniqueness amongst one another and a real big family feel. And that's, you know, that's proven by some of the staff members that have given up some really sort of high-profile jobs to come back into this environment because it is a very special environment. And it's really hard to depict that through me talking about it, through Ethan talking about it. But, um, you know, to, to not have that sort of feel there and family feel again is, is you know, quite upsetting. Sounds like it. Ethan, is, is that the same? How you feel? 100%. Um, I've been very fortunate. I was straight into the sevens uh, out of school when I was 18. So I'm 23 now. Uh, is that five years? Jesus. Um, but yeah, it is 100% what Lana said. Um, I mean, you spend so much time together and it's such a, it's not like a massive squad. I think we, we usually squad of 20 less this year, I think. And you just get to know one another and you go on, you go away for two weeks with each other, and you're you're at each other's teeth. Like, I mean, you get sick of some people every now and then, but like it's it's just unique, as Lana said. It is really sort of a family vibe. You, we've we've really kept in contact as well, which has been good through these hard times. And like Lana said, some of the things the boys are doing, and like this raising awareness, getting funding, and all that sort of stuff, the stuff they haven't had to do before. I mean, it's hats off to to a lot of the people i mean i'm i'm not really the the one to go out there and take the business aspect of it i'm more of a a chat and a face sort of thing but um yeah it's it's, it's really encouraging to see everyone doing that and yeah it's a it's a unique environment i've just, absolutely loved my time there just done that as well sean it's i, I mean I, I guess it shows what sevens means to people how much sort of contact players have had with sort of communication from the outside world and again, we've got a, um, a friend of the Sevens program, Stephen Griffiths, who's, um, who's an investment banker. Now, he's given up a hell of an amount of his own time uh, at, with, at, as he is a friend of the Sevens program to help us start this sort of venture. Um, so, yeah, big shout out to him, who's been yeah. incredible. He, he, has his, he has a hell of a lot of his own work to do with, yeah. with development of his own trading platform. He spent so much of his own individual time to, you know, speak, have meetings, speak to individuals, um, sort of driving this this whole momentum really. And obviously, one of the players' dads, Harry Harry Glover and Jim Glover, been been helping drive that and helping Stephen along the way. So, um, like, without these people within our family, um, you know, it, it just wouldn't have been possible. So, yeah, I guess I guess that shows what it means to some individuals as well. Well, yeah, definitely, and that. Uh, Outside of sort of the the professional rugby world and and the business world, how 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 uh, how fans sort of got in touch and uh, showed their support? Oh yeah, it's, it's been overwhelming. Like as Lana said, the people reaching out are sort of I'd hate to say freebies, but have been offering stuff for us to to help us out for for the time being and really putting up their services. Sort of physio, it might be um, drinks energy drinks sort of thing just anything to help us and in, in that aspect and this pledge sport and this um this gofundme and all that it's been amazing what what we've got from it i mean the, well, tom, the you got you go i was just gonna say what you said there is tom farrow sort of the lead snc from the men's program kindly offered so with his company a retail performance kindly offered like a facility to be able to train in to allow these boys to train so like things like that's been a been amazing yeah Sorry. 
I just wanted to throw no, that no, out. No, 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 you, you chuck in. You, you chuck all the names in there, Lonners, mate. Yeah. You're getting the... Get, get all your pugs in. Get, get all your yeah, yeah, pugs in. Might as well. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's been overwhelming. It's been it's been really good to. Well, it's been a tough time, but it's been really nice to see the support we've had from from fans, from people in the in the sevens, like Lon said, with Farrah and that, and friends of the sevens. So yeah, it's it's been it's been quite heartwarming. But like I said, it's still tough times. We still need to get over that, get that get that end goal sort of thing. But yeah, it's been really good. So I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So how can people get involved? Um, how can they show support? Uh, where can they find more details about what's going on? Come on, big loners. Big plug yeah. loners. He's <laughs> <laughs> probably got it written down. So we've got a, a new Instagram account set up, so an England Sevens Instagram account, which a couple of sort of got. <laughs> girls are, are running which is amazing loads of footage loads of stuff on there um tom emery's done an amazing job of setting up our sort of pledge sport page as well uh, to generate some funds to start to you know actually get this program up and running um and again if there's anyone out there with sort of um, you know any contact within the business world for sort of external funding etc like we're, we're looking at all opportunities at the moment and all ventures in order to sort of get get something back and you know, for the guys and girls to achieve their Olympic dream. Ultimately, it comes down to a dream. And I know that sounds very cheesy, but the Olympics is the biggest sporting event in the world. You know, it's, it's as a child, you grow up watching the Olympics. It's a dream to compete in that. And these guys and girls, like, from a staff perspective, yeah, it's amazing, but more everything's focused on these guys. The girls and guys to have an opportunity to go represent Team GB at an Olympic game. Like, so... Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I can't say anyone more than that, really. Nice, nice. Thought that. No, that was that was that was that was a nice little pitch. Gents, <laughs> uh, as I said, I don't, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, and I think we're about to lose Ethan into the night sky. Yeah, I might move <laughs> closer to some light. Um, so I just want to thank you. Um, please keep in touch. Let, let's let's come back in a, in you know in a couple of months' time and let us know how you're getting on and. Um, where the how you know, if you need any more help, uh, there's lots of people here that will uh, help, I'm sure, uh, and to help spread the word. So, so yeah, stay in touch. Uh, so yeah, the, uh, cheers, Ethan. Cheers, Ben. Um, this will be a YouTube video shortly, it'll be a podcast tomorrow morning. Um, and we'll share links everywhere, uh, and get these guys' uh, stories told, uh, and hopefully raise a lot of money. Uh, for to get these guys to yeah, the biggest sporting event in the world. So, uh, cheers, lads. Cheers, everyone, for watching. Uh, and cheers. We'll, uh, we'll Thank see you. you next week. Cheers. John. Cheers. Thanks again to Ethan and Ben for joining me tonight. Huge thanks again to Rugby Store for supporting our show. Don't forget to use the promo code FYBPOD for anything online at rugbystore.co.uk. And for more information on Philly Boots, please visit fybrugby.com. I've been Sean Freedom, and you've been listening to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable. 